Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando, and I am your host. How are you guys doing today? Seems like a pretty good day for painting, for doing bids, for, uh, you know, what are you doing? At the office, at the shop? Seems like a good day for it, right? Uh, I'm excited to have you on listening to the show today. I'm excited for the uh, folks that we have on. Um, Jeff Rayleigh from Groundwork is his business today. And we're going to talk tech. Tech, let me tell you something. Technology is a conversation that I like to have. I like technology. It's a lot of fun. But to me, there are some nuances to it. Because if you're not careful you can end up spending a lot of money on endless subscriptions. Um, you can end up uh, on a never ending quest for finding the perfect solution and, and never really find it. You can have issues. Uh, technology can get old. Um, you know, there's so many challenges with adopting technology that I, I, that I want to have a good conversation about. And I'm, I'm excited to have uh, Jeff on. Of course, Jeff is um, uh, one of our industry partners with Groundwork. Happy to have him as part of our industry partner family. Uh, if you want to listen to this show, make sure that you are subscribed on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, all of that. And make sure that you download the PCA Overdrive app where we host all of the video content that the PCA produce, produces. Uh, the good folks, the good production team down at the PCA is always hard at work uh, creating new video content for you guys to learn and educate and um, you know get smart about running your business. And so make sure that you take advantage of that resource. It's a free resource if you are a member of the PCA, which I highly recommend doing. But if not... It's just $5.99 a month. Go to PCAPaintEd.org to download it or find it in the App Store. Uh, what else we got going on? Um, my book. I'm, I'm going to promote this until, basically until I write a second book. How about that? <laughs> is, that is that okay? This is a free show for you, so you better be okay with it. Go to Sprint. Go to Amazon and search for Sprint. And don't forget to subscribe to my new YouTube channel, Craftsman Painter where you can learn the Sprint OS, the operating system that thousands, probably thousands of companies across multiple industries are using uh, Agile and the Sprint method. Um, I teach it for free on YouTube, so go check that out. All right, guys, we got to jump into this show. There's, there's no better time than now to bring on our guest, Mr. Jeff Rayleigh. Let's bring him on. What's up, Jeff? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, Torlando. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Kind of an ease. I'm easing into this show. You know, I'm easing into it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. 
So, um, so Jeff, you, uh, I, re- I remember a couple of years ago at the PCA Expo, you were at a, a tech panel and, uh, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit about um, technology adoption. And, you know, I think that for a lot of contractors who are trying to uh, free up their time um, while not, maybe not always um, relying on hiring new personnel, um, trying to come into the, you know, into the, to the 21st century here, um, with their business, there's a lot of, uh, tech out there. There are a lot of products. You see the ads, you click on them, you get them into their, you get into their, uh, click funnel. And all of a sudden you got a, a, a big fat subscription and, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough, especially for us folks that, you know, our, our true love is the paintbrush and, now all of a sudden we've got to be a technology company. Are you here to help us out today? <laughs> I am. Yeah, you know, we um I have seen this from a couple of different angles, so um yeah, just excited to share what what we've learned. Uh you know, we are a technology provider, but <clears throat> you know, I'm uh I I I love to work with small business owners who are trying to figure it out and yeah. Um, you know, have seen people do it really well, um, have seen it being select the right technologies and, you mm-hmm. know, be smart about all those decisions. And, and then there's the ones that, you know, ha- have struggled and, um, each of those kind of buckets of people provide some, some lessons to be learned. So, uh, excited to share some of what we've seen and, uh, have a good combo on it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, you know, if, if I want to, if I'm going to kind of guide this conversation um, in a way, I think where I want to begin is, you know, this, uh, this idea of, you know, to app or not to app, you know, that's, the, <laughs> that is the question, right? And, and I bring this, this idea up front be, for two reasons. One, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, several years ago, we were implementing a bunch of new technologies and I felt like it would be um, really beneficial for my crew leaders to just have like an, an, an iPad mini where they could access the apps, have a slightly bigger screen, but still portable and access some of the apps that we were using. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it for him. Uh, you know, he first couple of weeks, maybe he brought it, you know, to the job sites. After a while, I started, you know, saying, going to the job sites, saying, hey, where's the, uh, where's the iPad? He says, well, it's at home. I said, well, why is it at home? He says, well, it's bad for the iPad if you leave it in a hot car all day. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. And And so I, so what I noticed is that they were, they were all crowding around digital work orders on, on their own phone, or they were um, eventually, they just wanted like print work orders. Yeah. And, um, and, and I noticed that when they were, what I noticed is that when they were crowding around the work order on their phone, there were scraps of paper all over the job site with little notes on it. Right. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, app, the application of everything, you know, it, it may not be that necessary. And I, and I remember when I was working at a tech company, one in particular, I remember having this question, what did we do before we had an app for everything? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those processes were paper-based processes. So my first question to you is, is when, you know, how do we go through that decision process of 
you know, should we find a piece of technology that's going to help us do this, you know, mechanical thing in our business? Or right. when should we consider just is the old school okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it may sound trite and too simple, but I mean, it's an ROI calculation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's a couple of ways to look at that ROI calculation. Um, there's kind of the basics, uh, I think, of um, I spend this much money on a piece of software and I am able to increase my revenue by X amount, which drops this much percentage of that to the bottom line. And, you know, that's, that's an ROI. You can do that on cost savings too, right? Um, mm-hmm. Cost savings actually, it's maybe less sexy, but it's um, actually more uh, directly attributable to growing net income on the income yeah. statement. Right. Um, so there's some pretty simple ways you can look at that. Um, sometimes it might be a little bit difficult to quantify the hours of savings, uh, especially on the cost side of things. Sometimes it's very simple. Um, you know, it could be something like, um, you know, uh, the, uh, integration into QuickBooks, you're like our, our financial or receipts or something like that. Like, oh yeah, I've got one person who takes four hours of their day on Friday right. to bang all this stuff into a system. Like, well, there might be another option there, right? Like there, sure. so there, there's some simple ones, but there's also some harder ones. Um, so that's, that's like the simple, uh, simple ROI calc. Um, the other part of the ROI calculation is people. Mm-hmm. Um, giving your people who interface with this technology uh, the right tools makes them stick around. Yeah. Um, it can make them stick around. Sure. Um, it can help you attract. Uh, you know, you might not be fighting turnover as much. So, like, there's some that's also kind of hard to quantify, but that becomes cultural. Um, and obviously, culture, company cultures harder to measure, but I think it's, it's part of the, part of the equation. Um, kind of, who do you want to be as a company? How do you want to show up in the technology sphere? What types of employees do you want to uh, attract? Um, I think that matters. Uh, yeah. very, very, very different feel to walk into a, a business where there's like a bank of filing cabinets. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, stacks of paper everywhere versus walking into a business that's got, you know, some tech involved and everything's a little cleaner and sure. you know, yeah. it's, it's a totally different vibe and that matters for clients. It matters for uh, your team on and on. So that's, that's one. And then I'll give you a third one. This is like next, next level, but I think probably some of the people have thought about this is it's way as a software company how i think about us building software and um you know some of the things that we're able to do but uh, the third one is um how sellable and systematized is your business mm-hmm. um likely especially in the trades you know there's been a lot of like pe roll-ups in the um uh, you know private equity groups coming into trades business verticals specifically hvac plumbing mm-hmm. electrical there's a ton of just consolidation of of those businesses deep pocketed folks are going to come in and you know buy buy a local business 
guess which businesses are more attractive to those companies. Yeah. They have something that is systematized and usually that, that leverages technology. Even if you don't want to sell to a roll up or anything like that, if you want to sell to somebody else, they're going to ask like, well, if you go home at night or if like your key employees leave, like what is there to like, make sure that things keep running right. technology can, can help with that. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of, there's a lot to it. Some of it's easy to measure. Some of it's a little bit more difficult, a little more, um, kind of derivative to the value of the business. But, um, um, I don't know if I even answered your question there, but hopefully some good thoughts on. Like, no, you did. Yeah. I think that if I were to kind of recap some of it, it's, it's mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, thinking about the, the ROI, cause we can't, we can't just adopt technology for the, uh, you know, for the sake of adopting technology right. unless it has impact, but it, it, there's, there's the dollars and cents of it. It's either, you know, this piece of technology is either making me more, making me more money or saving me money yep. or essentially buying back my time, which when, you know, when I was in the software field, um, you know, that was kind of my mantra in terms of the products that we were that, you know, I was willing to sell. I asked that critical question every day. Is this feature going to help my client make money? Is it going right. to help them? save money? Is it going to help them buy back their time? If it doesn't do those three things, then it was just kind of a cool widget that, you know, ultimately didn't matter that much. Yep. Right. Yep. That's right. Um, now, do you, you know, being, being a technologist, do you think that there is, I mean, I, I do notice that you've got a couple of, uh, you know, journals on your back shelf there. Is there ever a time where you think that we should defer on a technology choice and stay a little more uh analog yes absolutely i have found personally that if i have now we do use some internal note-taking tools but i mean this is my live one right like so this is my paper version right um, i've found just personality my habits and everything i've also found that just writing things down there's something i'm sure there's some study that i could quote if i if i had it handy but um you know, the physical act of writing something down with my hand helps me remember it. Oftentimes I'll write a, you know, my weekly kind of hit list of things and go back. And even if I'm not looking at the list, I know kind of what I needed to do because I write right. it out. Right. Um, so that's one example, um, just personally how I function. Um, um, there's other examples. I'll, I'll give you another example. Um, and I think this is true with a lot of the technology I've seen uh, painting contractors and other home improvement, home, home service companies adopt. Um, there's danger in, in automating everything. Mm. Um, I, when I was in uh, the commercial contracting space, um, our, our financial system, uh, was a tool called SAP, which is like probably, I mean, it's just a massive, huge, complex uh, enterprise level piece of software. Mm -hmm. And that um, there were certain steps in the financial reporting process that, that the team purposely did not automate. Um, and that has stuck with me because especially when it comes to something like financial, like you, at some point you want a human reviewing 
right sure right like man that, that's uh, and i mean we could go into the ai stuff yeah, and like, yeah. I, I actually i actually uh saw somewhere somebody post a response to um a text message with a homeowner with an ai response ai generated response which I mean, I was kind of giggling to, my, giggling to myself because the time it takes to like prompt chat GPT to send the response <laughs> to the thing and then copy it over into your text thing. I was like, this is this is kind of crazy. Yeah. But um, I think um, you and I talked a, a, about, you know, authenticity being kind of a little bit of a lost art. Like, I think yeah. that's, that's going to stick around. Um at least I hope it does. Maybe, maybe it won't, but I, I hope it does. And yeah. you know, by not automating everything now, there's a ton of power in automation. Sure. A ton of power. And we have automation in our tool as well, but I think sprinkling in and being intentional about the non automation moments to bring some humanism to the, the equation um, right. and to just get people to check in and do their job and, you know, put that, um, you know, ownership on it, I think is right. really important, especially when you're working in teams. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of the things that I think, you know, it's day, it's daily that, that I'm, that I am analog. Um, yeah. because yeah. I think it's, it's, it's healthy. And, um, so I think there's certainly a mix and honestly, the mix is different for every business too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of the, the two generations, two, three generations right now that are uh, most immersed in technology from a pro professional standpoint, um, you know, we're in this world of where we're trying to figure out what technology means to us yeah. still, you know, we're, yeah. we're not sure the health benefits or the health, uh, you know, whatever the opposite of benefit is, right. are there any benefits to, to yeah, sometimes yeah. the, I mean, sometimes the stuff that we see, you know, especially with mental health, it's mm. like, it's, it's pretty compelling to, to um, uh, reduce the amount of, of technology. I mean, I know yeah. for uh, as a parent right now, um, you know, I think Jed Z, I think their parents were like, yeah, technology, whatever. And, and then they realized how much of a battleground it became. Um, and they've noticed and they're seeing how how much their, uh, you know, teens and young adults are struggling with uh, mental health and motivation and drive and, and all kinds of things to the extent, you know, f folks like you and I who have young kids. I mean, I don't know what your technology policies are, but my kids don't get to have a lot, you know, like they're pretty limited in, in a lot of uh, what we expose them to. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? It's, I mean, not that this is, uh, I'm, I'm necessarily qualified to give parenting advice and, um, but it's a struggle, you know, yeah. like, um, and I think maybe there's an aspect that relates, you know, the, the parenting and like the adoption of technology, um, you know, you can feel left out, right? Like right. my son, um, now he does have some technology and actually we pay, we play uh, Nintendo switch as a family cause our oh, kids sure. are you know, 10 and eight. So it's, I mean, that's, that's a blast, right? It's There's, getting fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting fun. And, um, until my six year old checks out cause she's, you know, can't figure out how to steer the Mario Kart deal. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, I'm sorry, eight, eight year olds. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I think what's interesting as we've navigated that is like, you feel left you know, my son has felt left out in moments um, because our 
our rules and you know the way we want to do things a little bit different than how his friends may do that right. and, and sure. not that one's one's right or wrong or maybe it is i don't know but you know we're kind of just doing all the best all doing the best we can but i also see that with contractors they say oh man they got this figured out mm-hmm. like they got that system or this system and it's like oh i better go buy that thing it's like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. like you're in two different worlds you know right. you could be in two different com- completely two different spots different business model right different um you know seasonality to your business maybe like some of these things are different team structure um it doesn't just because somebody else is doing a thing doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be um i think there's some some um kind of fast following that happens that isn't Mm -hmm. always healthy um Mm -hmm. you know i think everybody should be really critical of how they're seeing others adopting technology and understand how it fits in their situation. Right. Um, you know, and being, being honest about that, um, as opposed to just like going for it. And some, I mean, some, some of the systems are like easy enough to just like go for it, see if it works. And if it doesn't work out, like, Hey, no harm, no foul, a couple hundred bucks and you know, cool. Uh, you learn something, but, um, you know, uh, but sometimes that, that the cost, the, the cost of, uh, the, you know, the switching costs, can can really you know be high um yes so so how do we you know how do we go about i guess selecting or adopting new technology yeah i think when i have seen it done well and i'll give a shout out to um paper moon painting i think they're in texas somewhere um we met them out at the at the uh, pca conference in albuquerque mm-hmm. um now Matt, uh, it was kind of charged with their, Matt at Paper Moon was charged with their technology kind of research and revamp mm-hmm. of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked for Lime Scooters at some point. Like he's not, mm. so he's pretty technical. Like uh, yeah. know, he's maybe more, um, uh, more of like a general manager type, not like somebody who came up through, you know, with a paintbrush. Um, sure. Paper Moon, uh, that's a cool name. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I it's like good. It. Um, but so those, they had a very uh, kind of baked out process. You know, they're a pretty big company. I think they've got two locations, but, you know, it was research, take notes, uh, understand how systems work together, understand workflow. Um, I think there's a good bit of process mapping that probably should be done, but doesn't get done a whole lot. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. Process mapping, um, uh, integration discussions, um, especially when you have a team that big, I think that like business flow is critical to understand. And it doesn't have to be fancy, right? Start out with the Google doc and kind of write out your process map. And at some point you may be jumping from this system to that system and, understand the pinch points of like why that would be good or bad um and then what i always recommend is also bringing people into that conversation that aren't just you the business owner right Right. yeah if you've got an office manager they should be highly involved in this um uh if you have a sales team you know our product we love love like the business owner is 
is, is one person to get in the conversation, but if it's a sizable company, office manager, mm-hmm. sales team, mm-hmm. if we, because we know that they're going to be the users, at least of our product, you right. know? So like we want to, we want buy-in, you know, right. we don't want one person to say, Hey, this is a great thing. And then everybody else kind of flail around. Right. I think that happens too often in the strategy that contractors, um, uh, put together is just like, Hey, I'm going to make a call on it. Right. And then, Hey everybody, here's a new piece of software. Good luck. Um, yeah. you yeah. know, so that's a big part of what we've seen to be effective is, uh, you know, especially when, if you're able to do that process mapping, um, bring those key resources into that process so that they can understand and troubleshoot for you too. Like, well, Hey, well, I'm, right. I'm doing it this way now. Like that's going to completely blow my stuff up, you know? Um, well, that, and that, those conversations are so healthy to have on the front end rather than when you get into it. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, you know, there's significant research in, you know, the realm of group decision-making, which really falls in line with this where, you know, we, you want to identify that problem that, uh, you know, that bottleneck that your team is experiencing if possible, you want that bottleneck to be generated from the team itself, not just yes. you as right. the owner. Right. And once, once that problem is out in the air, out in the, in the open, um, then comes the process of finding solutions. But like you said, you don't actually want just the owner to be like, okay, I'm going to go find something. And then that's what we're going to use. You actually want everybody to yeah. be involved in that decision, in that process of, coming up with alternative solutions. Yep. And the reason that you want that to happen, one, your, your perspective as an individual is totally limited, limited. Yep. Um, yep. You have all kinds of biases at play. And, and like you said, a lot of times you're not actually going to be the end user of, of the product. So, you know, right. why do you care ultimately what gets used? <laughs> you know, yeah. like it, it, what matters to you is that it, that it helps your team work. What matters to them is that they can actually use it. Yep. And so that idea of um, generating multiple ideas, multiple alternative uh, solutions is really, really critical. And it, it is going to take, especially with technology, unfortunately, it's going to take going through a lot of demos and, um, you know, slowing that that process of procurement down. Um, you know, when I was when I was selling enterprise uh, software, uh, the process for procurement um, was uh, very lengthy. I mean, I. I I, I had a, a shot at, at selling a piece of technology to Sharon Williams, and I can tell you that their procurement process involved a lot of people, a lot of decision makers, uh, a lot of layers, and it took months, you know, to go through that process because what they understand, which I don't think a lot of, you know, smaller businesses understand, is that if you make a choice up here and it's a quarter turn for you, it's a full revolution, you know, for your team. Yep. And it, it can spin them out of control. So, so I, I love that idea of slowing that process down, involving other people, uh, getting their opinions on it, and really allowing them to, uh, you know, make have a, a, a heavy hand in, in the decision making process. Yeah. And obviously, there's, um, I think that's where it comes to like some give and take too. And that's somewhat cultural um, in terms of how you're, uh, have, have, structured your team and the, you know, the, the relationships, uh, to make good decisions that, um, you know, when you and I were talking, talking before we started recording, it was like, 
I think I said something along the lines of there is no perfect piece of software. Like right. it's just, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, if I had a quarter for every time I heard a contractor say, um, you know, Hey, I'm just going to build my own thing. <laughs> first, first of all, like, don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> for many reasons, don't, please don't do that unless you, you, you really want to go do that. Um, yeah. But um, there's, there's strategies to, I think that's maybe why people um, in those decision-making process, they, they kind of freak out because it's like not exactly what one person wants or the other person wants. And like, you know, at some point, like, Hey, that's life, you know, it's not like perfect, but you have to find optimal, um, yeah. not perfect. And bringing people into that conversation and having real, like, Hey, I know you like this aspect of the other system and the way of doing things. Um, but you understand that that puts, puts us in this bind over here. Like, right. are, are you good? Are, are if we run it this way, you get, are you on the team? You know, are you still right. going, you know, right. uh, and checking in like that, just having an honest, honest conversation about some of those pinpoints. Cause I mean, it does happen. It, it absolutely happens. Even when we're in conversations, um, you know, it's trade-offs, right? It's like, Hey, yeah. will you get this? You might not be able to do this the way that you thought you were going to, but like, Hey, you, that's, I often say it's your call to make. Yeah. What does the benefit of this, you know, solving all these problems, like you still might have these things, but like, Hey, that's life, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it takes a greater, uh, you know, skill set and leadership. Like you have mm -hmm. to, you have to be a stronger leader to, to go about it this way. Um, the alternative I think is, you know, just kind of taking the lazy three point shot and, and missing, you know, it's, it's like, it's mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, dichotomy of, you know, do yeah. I try to, do I try to drive, go through the gauntlet, lay it in and have that shot at, at the end one, or, uh, do I just, you know, sit back and take a long shot, lazy three. And I think the difference between, you know, great leaders and, and poor leaders is that they're willing to, they're willing to drive it in. And, and that does mean having those hard conversations with your team where everybody's got different opinions. It, it's best to try to coach your team into not making anything emotional. You know, it's like the idea mm -hmm. is that once you release an idea or an opinion, it, you no longer have ownership over it, that it belongs to the group. Right. Um, you know, you relinquish, you know, you no longer have a horse in the race. You can't look at it like that. You have to relinquish it to the group and then the group gets to scrutinize it and put it to the test. And, and if, if your idea doesn't make it, it doesn't make it. If your idea does great, but it wasn't really like once you gave it to the company, it wasn't your idea anymore. Um, yeah. So, so you, you kind of touched on one, one thing, this idea of like, you know, no software is going to be you know, the, uh, you know, panacea, it's not going to be an end all be all, um, all in one versus, you know, several what's, what's your take on that? Um, I think, so there's two factors that I, I typically see, and I've seen a ton of technology in, in small businesses. Um, uh, typically the, larger the company um 
Well, maybe that's that's not exactly true. Uh, well, the larger the company, more sophisticated the, the ownership, the team, all that good stuff. Um, there's a level of uh, software, um, and maybe not so much in the painting industry, but th- there there are some tools out there that do a pretty good job covering seventy to eighty percent of the business workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think that's a pretty good number, really, for businesses in all stages. There's probably a piece of software that can get you, you know, 60 to 80% of your business workflow. Um, I, for most small businesses, uh, part of that workflow is going to be financial. And uh, most of that will be done QuickBooks wise, which I probably the case for, you know, 90 plus percent of people. Um, I have seen people work on their own financial accounting system and I know Zoho's out there and Zero and a couple other systems and you know that those can work just fine too but for most people it's QuickBooks um so integration into that type of a system I think where it gets a little like the 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 breadth or the the most of the business process coverage is estimating through production is kind of that's the biggest chunk right um so if you want to consider that an all-in-one, okay, but hard to find an all-in-one that also does your sales and marketing stuff super well. Yeah. Um, and all the other things. So, I mean, I would, if I were to guess at the number of like relatively core pieces of technology that a contractor in the, let's call it just say $1 million range, <clears throat> my guess is it's four or five that are pretty core. And then you got maybe a couple hanging out that are, you know, not core, but, um, you know, still worth it, you know, lower cost type of things. But sure. That that seems, that seems to be the number to, for, for me, I know people just want to search for that all in one. And, um, I think what you find is that all in one, you just lose a little bit of the fidelity Mm -hmm. of, uh, and accuracy and specificity, especially for companies that are a little bit more, uh, sophisticated, um, you know, you need special, special stuff, you know, maybe you have a, you know, a second division that does a certain thing that's different than the, you know, where you started. And then it's like, okay, wait, how does this, how does this work with the all in one system? And, um, so yeah, there's, there's a ton of different ways to do it, but, um, you know, I think most companies end up running 60 to 80% of their business process flow in, in one tool, um, and then kind of put pieces in around it. So I, I mean, we advocate for using pieces of software that are API friendly or Zapier friendly. Um, and even that's not perfect too. Um, you know, sometimes that stuff gets a little wonky and, and breaks, but, um, you know, it's better than, manual entry for everything so um yeah 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 i and i think i tend to agree with you on that one just because um you know knowing knowing the inside of a of a software company um the the more you put into the software the harder it is to maintain as a company Mm -hmm. and you know what people i don't think understand is that technology gets outdated and so very fast and so people have to like these companies are they routinely have to rebuild their software using different you know code bases um and the ones that 
are, you know, older and bigger and more, you know, just like think Salesforce, like they, their technology that they have in it, it's just really, uh, it's really Kabuji. Like it just has a yeah. lot of uh, older pieces, newer pieces. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's very, and, and as a result, anybody that's attempted Salesforce knows it's really difficult to use. Yep. And so I think when you um, are attempting to look for an all-in-one, what you end up finding is uh, kind of a clunky dinosaur of an app yep. that um, isn't going to need to do, it, it's, it's not going to be able to do, you know, a, a lot of what you needed, needed to do anyway. And so I, I think that's wise to, to look for those softwares and those platforms that are, that really just play well with others. You know, they yep. connect well with others. Yeah. And I mean, there's, um, just to give an analogy, there's, um, a guy named Michael Mayberry in the landscaping industry. Um, I was like, cause we, we see a lot of stuff across different verticals. So it's kind of sure. cool to, you know, compare contrast what we see. Um, and he is ad he's an advocate for landscaping companies to develop a, a CTO role. Hmm something you don't hear very often. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and some of those businesses are, are probably on average bigger than the, the average painting business. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple of reasons for that, but, um, you know, those, that's a, that's an interesting thing, you know? Um, and, and I, maybe I a, at least at a fractional level, you know, I don't yeah. think that you need to find somebody full time, but yeah, know. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, um, there's some interesting, uh, you know, I would guess you'll start to see that in the next five to 10 years in the painting industry as somebody who comes in and helps you get your tech right. I mean, right. or maybe I should do that. I don't know. Uh, maybe, <laughs> you should, maybe you should do that, Orlando. <laughs> yeah, maybe the collective. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, we kind of do that. We kind of select technologies and yeah, yeah. the ones that we're going to use, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that there's, there's an interesting, uh, whole interesting movement there. But, um, you know, one other thing that came to mind, I don't, I don't know if I just, toss it out there now but I, I think one of the things that's interesting is to talk about the the life cycle of a, a given piece of technology in a business um you know there there because things do move so fast i think the planning cycle that contractors should have in mind is three to five years mm. especially for painting businesses um you know take it in that and maybe two two to five if you're a painting business and you're doing a couple hundred thousand dollars a year <clears throat> the tools and the tech stack you have in place are probably not going to suit you when you're at one and a half million. Right. I almost guarantee it. Right. So it's going to look different and you should plan for that. Yeah. And it's going to be kind of a pain to get from A to B. Um, but, you know, so I think there's often an idea of like, sometimes people underestimate the tools that they might need and just think this is going to mm -hmm. be, um, or they overestimate and think that what they got is going to be going to carry them on for, you know, the lifetime of the business. But right. from what I've seen, it just doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. things change pretty quick. Yeah. The, this uh, CEO of uh, keep well has often mm -hmm. talked about the, uh, the ones and threes of business, you know, what, mm -hmm. what gets you to that first hundred thousand is going to change getting to that first 300,000. So totally. from 300,000 to a million, what you need from, you know, that from three to a million is going to change yeah. from 1 million to 3 million. That's totally going to change. And, yep. and you keep going in the, in those directions. And, 
and yeah, you are going to have to revamp it. Um, it's like my, my old roommate uh, said, his, his mom always told him to reevaluate your wardrobe every five years uh, just to make sure that you're, <laughs> you're not, you're not complete. I think that's like, I think that's where socks and sandals come that's, in. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, this has been a great conversation. I, uh, I appreciate you being on. Um, tell us a little bit about groundwork and, and where we can go to learn more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, groundwork is a, a video based sales tool. So what we do really, really well is take leads at the top of the funnel and make them more real and more exciting for contractors to either go after or get out of the sales funnel. So the problems we solve, typically contractors spend, you know, hour or two on a sales appointment, drive mm -hmm. time, meeting with the client. Uh, lots of times contractors don't have good information about what that meeting is going to look like. Um, they don't have seen the project. Um, some, some contractors try to get pictures or something like that, but we just, we just make that whole process easier. Um, and, and we do it in a way that's really convenient. And, um, you know, our goal is to make contractors look like pros when they, when a homeowner goes through the process that we help a contractor set up to get a video project walkthrough, um, into their inbox we our, our our goal is for the homeowner's experience to just be an absolute wow um so that's what we do it's a it's a collaboration tool uh quick and easy to use for homeowners and contractors save contractors time and uh you know increase those in-person close rates because uh who doesn't love that absolutely well go to hellogroundwork.com to check out that and you've got a promo code for us pca50 to get 50 percent off your first two months um, Jeff, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I look forward to having you back soon. Let's do it, man. Thanks, Orlando. All right. There we have it. Jeff Rayleigh with Groundwork. Um, you know, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving us such a, a real honest uh, discussion about technology. Um, I think my if I were to, you know, kind of culminate my, you know, my, my closing words on, on this topic in particular is that, you know, technology isn't at the end of the day, technology isn't going to help you paint a better house. You still have to have a rate, a really great product, but what technology should do is it should remove some of the burdens, some of the you know, some of the bottlenecks, some of the things that get in the way technology is there to actually free you up to do the most human aspects of your business. That's, that's my opinion on it. Uh, thank you so much for, for Jeff and your support in the PCA. Uh, if you want to listen to the replay of this show, make sure that you check out overdrive, um, where you get uh, 500 hours of uh, video content, five ninety nine a month for free. Please join the PCA. And of course, uh, check out my new YouTube channel, Crafts and Painter, um, where, where I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you what I know. I'm teaching you what I know, okay? And, and the stuff that I know these days, um, I'm, I'm up in the ante on that. Uh, MBA level content, really smart stuff. If you're tired of some of the surface level education that's out there, if you're tired of, of you know, the people just kind of winging it on in the Facebook groups. And I love my Facebook groups. But if you're tired of that stuff and you want to get research backed information, go to 
uh, YouTube and check out my channel, Craftsman Painter. All right, that's it. That's the show, folks. Um, so glad uh, to, to be here in your ears. Let's keep this going. All right. You're doing a good thing. People love your work. Don't forget that. Thank you for listening to Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.